You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use Locked15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. What is up? What is up? This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. I run the NBA Draft Junkies website, also the NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. It is late Sunday night. I've kind of been procrastinating. I have an early flight in the morning. I'm going to Los Angeles, which feels like it's been my home away from home. I've been going every other week since the start of the year. But this time is actually like a family vacation. I have been working the past few trips, so I'm looking forward to this. I still got a pack, but I'm excited because I get to finish out my first round mock draft. If you missed last week's episode, I did a, I guess you can say a, a mock lottery. I used the Tankathon draft simulator or mock lottery simulator. And I'll just go over the picks from last week. I had Detroit selecting Kate Cunningham, number one, Orlando selecting Evan Mobley, number two. At number three, I had the Indiana Pacers selecting Jalen Suggs. At number four, I had the Rockets taking Jalen Green. Jonathan Kaminga went number five to Golden State. Scotty Barnes, number six to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Washington Wizards selected Tennessee guard Keon Johnson at number seven. At number eight, I had the Oklahoma City Thunder with Alperin Shingoon, the center from Turkey. At number nine, I had Jalen Johnson going to the Toronto Raptors. At number 10, I had the rebuilding Orlando Magic, selecting Moses Moody from Arkansas. At number 11, I had the Sacramento Kings, selecting Isaiah Jackson. James Booknight went number 12 to the New Orleans Pelicans. Davion Mitchell, the high riser from the NCAA tournament at number 13 to the Golden State Warriors. And at number 14, I had the San Antonio Spurs selecting Usman Garuba, who, by the way, had a very impressive play in today's game, which by the time you hear this episode, it would be yesterday's game. But he had this coast-to-coast play where he went down and made a dribble move and finished with a powerful dunk, which is impressive for me because I, I felt like his ball handling was an area that I wanted to see some progress with, and that play showed a little bit of progress. But let's move on to today's episode where I'm going to finish out the first round. And at number 15, it is the New York Knicks. And I have them selecting Jaden Springer from Tennessee. This is the second player from Tennessee. Springer's coming off an impressive freshman season I think he's one of the most efficient players in this draft class. Shot about 47% from the floor, 43% from three, although the volume was a little low, a little less than two a game. I would love to see the volume increase there. 80% from the free throw line, averaged about three rebounds, three assists, one steal per game. I think he's like this perfect combination of a one-two some may see him more as a one, some may see him more of a two, but I think he fits in with everything that they have in New York. And if you look at the Knicks roster, it makes perfect sense since Derrick Rose and Alec Burks and Alfred Payton are free agents. Frank Nilakina is, I don't know if he's in their long-term plans. It seems like he would be due for a change of scenery, but he's under contract if they give him a qualifying offer. Other than that, 
it's Emmanuel quickly. So I think adding some depth at guard is is very important for New York. So I have the Knicks selecting Jaden Springer. At number 16, I have the Memphis Grizzlies selecting Franz Wagner from Michigan. Wagner, I've seen him on a lot of mock drafts as a lottery pick. I've seen him as high as, I think, number seven. I think uh, he had a really good sophomore year. I felt like I wanted to see a little bit more from him in the tournament. I think that maybe it's just the UCLA game where it was his last game of the season in the NCAA tournament. He finished one for 10 and only had four points. You can say he was an absolute no-show. I don't want to necessarily hold that against him because I thought his body of work was good throughout the season. But honestly, I am holding it against him simply because I just kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And I still think that he is a worthy of a high pick. I just, you know, I just don't have him in, in the lottery at this point. But I think for the Memphis Grizzlies, I think this would be a good pick here. He adds some versatility. I think he can play multiple positions. And another year of the Memphis Grizzlies overachieving. Right now, their record is about 26 and 25, but they've played this whole season without their second best player. I thought Taylor Jenkins should have won Coach of the Year last year. And just the fact that this team is competing and they're in a the playoff hunt and their second leading scorer is Dylan Brooks. I mean, that just says a lot about their coaching. But I think Wagner would be a pretty good pick here. He averaged 12 points a game, shot 47% from the floor. The 34% from three was an improvement from last year. I think at one point during the season it was about 37 38%, but it kind of dropped towards the end of the year, only on three and a half attempts per game, which is it's not too bad. Um, 83% from the foul line. He just a guy that's kind of like a Swiss Army knife, rebounds well, average three assists per game, gets you a block and a steal per game. So I think he would be a fit and ultimate glue guy with what they have going on in Memphis. So at number 16, I have the Memphis Grizzlies selecting Franz Wagner from the University of Michigan. At number 17, it is the Boston Celtics. And Boston's just a weird team. Their roster just doesn't seem really balanced here. And you can say they may need to look at point guard, even though they drafted a few last year. But at number 17 for Boston, I'm swinging for the fences. A guy who I think is one of the most talented players in this draft. And when I say swing for the fences, and I have mentioned on a previous podcast that Kai Jones from Texas is one of the more intriguing prospects for me in this draft. If he's an all-star five years from now, I wouldn't be shocked. If he's playing for Panathinaikos five years from now, I wouldn't be shocked. But if you're Boston at this point, you you have to, like, gamble on the talent. I mean, I guess you can say they did that with Robert Williams, and it's slowly starting to pay off a little bit. But with Kai Jones, he's this extremely talented prospect, and I keep using the word talent because he's – I mean, he just has a – a unique talent. He's 6'11", little light in the pants at 218, had a very efficient year, shot 58% from the floor, 38% from three. The free throw percentage is about around 69%. And every once in a while, he has these plays that just wow you. I mean, he's a good athlete. He's fluid. At 6'11", he moves like a wing. And he plays with a lot of motor, energy. He runs the floor. I think there's upside as a shooter. 
shows flashes of ball handling skills. I think maybe best case scenario, he's like a, a Pascal Siakam. I mean, I just love like this, the vertical pop. I love him as a role, as a rim runner, a roller. He can attack closeouts on long drives. He's, I think he's a pretty good rebounder, but his game is just not visually pleasing to me. I, I, on my notes, I have, he has a raw, ugly game and he lacks basketball IQ, but the talent is there. And if I'm Boston, I'm taking a gamble and hoping that if I can get a poor man Siakam, or if I can just kind of polish his raw game, then you could end up with an all-star or you can end up with a guy who's playing somewhere in the EuroLeague. And it's not a knock on the EuroLeague. I'm a big fan of basketball overseas, but he could be a guy where his game is best suited over there. So like I said, if I'm Boston, swinging for the fences here. And number 18 is the Charlotte Hornets, who are surprisingly in the playoffs as of today. You can say a lot of it is because of LaMelo Ball, but even without him, they've still been competitive. And, and there's a chance that he could come back and, and finish the season. At least that's what I've read. So for Charlotte, I mean, it's good just to see something positive or, or them having a marketable star. And it's kind of disappointing simply because of everything that's going on this year. The fans haven't really been able to really enjoy the buzz around the, the Charlotte Hornets. But I think they need to add another shooter. And Corey Kispert is the player I would select here. Now, they have wings. You have you know, um, Gordon Hayward, you have Malik Monk, you have Miles Bridges, if you consider him a wing, he's like this hybrid, but I think Kispert gives them a knockdown shooter, and at this point, you know LaMelo's your star, you know that he's the future, and they're fortunate because now that they have this franchise player in place, all they have to do is find complementary pieces to build around him, and I think Kispert is a guy that could come in and just kind of spread the floor and and give uh, Melo just another option. Kai Jones is someone who I, I think would, would actually be kind of good here if he's available, but I have him gone. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Kispert would be a good fit and Charlotte give them some depth on the wing and also what he does best is just knock down open shots. At number 19, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder, and this is one of their gazillion picks in the next few years. And the Thunder are in a position where they can just gamble on the most talented player who doesn't have to be ready at this point. And I think it's Greg Brown. Greg Brown had a up and down freshman year and it just ended on like a really bad note to the point where they weren't playing him. And, you know, towards the end of the season, especially in, in certain lineups because he just wasn't ready, but the talent is there. Freakish, freakish vertical athlete. I think, at best, he can be like a Derrick Jones type player. In, in this case, the Thunder can just gamble on his talent. If they strike out on this pick, they have plenty more left. There's really no pressure in a sense because they're just looking to develop. I mean, you've seen what they've done with Alexis Pokashevsky, who has literally went from second division Greece to starting in the NBA, and he's had some big games. I mean, he's had his bumps and his bruises, but... The Thunder are, you know, they have the luxury of being able to develop him. And I think Greg Brown would be a good fit here. You can play him with the Oklahoma City Blue. You can let him work on his IQ, work on his body, and just kind of find a role because the guy is just a, a freak talent as far as just athleticism. But I think he needs to work on the skills. But what better place to work on your skills and develop them with the Oklahoma City Thunder in their G League team, which is 
right around the corner. So I'm a big fan of the Thunder's player development program, and I think that's a good fit for Greg Brown. At number 20 is the Atlanta Hawks, and I have them selecting Trey Mann. Now, this is a pick that Atlanta may look to trade. I mean, it seems like they just have so many players at every position. I think Mann can play both guard spots, average 16 points a game, shot 40% from three. I think he could play with Trey Young and be a complimentary piece there. But if you look at their roster, they still have um, they still have Kevin Herter. They still have Bogdan Bogdanovich. You still got Cam Reddish. You still have De- DeAndre Hunter. They just have too many wings, too many guys that need the ball, too many players. But everything is trending upwards for Atlanta. I think, again, this is a pick that they would trade. If they don't trade it, I would go with Trey Man here. And when I return, I will discuss who the Knicks select with their second pick in the first round of the 2021 NBA Draft. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm back. And at number 21, it's the New York Knicks selecting again. And I have them selecting Josh Giddy from Australia. Now, again, I had them selecting a guard earlier at pick number 15. Giddy is too good to pass up. I think he would bring some excitement to the garden. He's a player that I, I like, and I'm starting to see his name rise up on different draft boards. I still have him in the, obviously, in the late first round, mid to late first round. As I mentioned earlier, the Knicks are probably going to be looking for some help at guard. Now, what makes this pick interesting is that Tibbs is a win-now coach, and it would be very interesting to see if he decides to play two rookies because they're going to have multiple first round picks so that's something to look out for but I think Giddy would be fun exciting at 6'8 he is one of the best playmakers in this draft and he would give the Knicks just a a pure point guard I think that if he can develop as a outside shooter then I think that will help him maximize his potential now listen to this it may sound funny but the Knicks player development staff might be able to get the best out of Josh Giddy. And I'll use RJ Barrett as an example. Shot 32% from three last year. This year he's up to 38% from three, but he's shooting 44% from three on four attempts after the all-star break. So if the Knicks can turn RJ Barrett into a, and well, I shouldn't say the Knicks. I mean, RJ obviously had to put in the work, but New York Knicks and player development, those two words usually don't go hand in hand, but I'm starting to see some signs with the Knicks, so I would go with Josh Giddy here. At number 22, speaking of passing and, and creative passers, 
I have the Houston Rockets selecting Sharif Cooper from Auburn. Now, Sharif came on late in the season, and he was fun to watch. A little bit undersized, but I think that he's a great passer, especially on the college level. I mean, the numbers that he was putting up per game as far as assists, I mean, Cooper averaged eight assists per game. and Eight assists per game on the college level is, I mean, crazy impressive. There are some concerns. He's a little undersized, listed at 6'1", a buck 80. Might not even be that. But he averaged 20 points, 8 assists per game. Wasn't the most efficient, 39% from the floor, only 23% from three on five attempts per game. So he is not afraid to let it fly. But he's a good free throw shooter. Got to the line eight times per game, which is also pretty ridiculous on the college level and made around 83% of his free throws. Houston is in a situation similar to Oklahoma City, although they don't have as many picks, but they are in the position to develop guys, which you've seen them start to do this year. I mean, they're playing Kevin Porter Jr. and Kenyon Martin Jr. are are getting minutes there. John Wall is in a situation where he can't be happy there long term because they are definitely not a place to be towards the latter end of his career, but he's making so much money. It's, it's going to be tough for him to get a trade unless he accepts like a crazy buyout. But Sharif Cooper, along with the guys that I mentioned, along with Jalen Green, who I had them selecting at number four, gives the Rockets a little bit of uh, excitement there and, and a few guys to build around for, for their future. And they're also picking again at number 23. At number 23, I have them selecting Zaire Williams. I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a big Zaire Williams fan. I see the upside. I see the potential, the size, the shot making upside and potential. Again, it's a key word, but I did not see it this season. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if, you know, his lack of strength played a major role in what I thought was a down year. He was not efficient at all. Average under 11 points a game, 37% from the floor, 29% from three. Average about four and a half rebounds, two assists per game. I think there's upside as a defender due to his size and length. But you can't deny his talent. I mean, I think between Zaire Williams and B.J. Boston, I felt like they had two of the more disappointing freshman seasons out of all the guys in this particular class but I still think someone's gonna take a flyer on them just because of their upside but it makes me wonder like you know how much of like my my thought process of drafting players how much of it is it based off of what I see now or the reputation they had coming in I still try to go by the eye test and for me on the eye test, I see the skills and I see the talent, but it just didn't match the productivity. And you have to project long-term and down the road. So I think Zaire Williams is definitely a guy that has the potential to be a really good NBA player. He just wasn't able to showcase it this year. And again, I wonder, is he 100% healed from the knee injury that he had earlier in the season? All right, moving on to number 24, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Lakers are in a situation where they have their cornerstone. I know LeBron is like 36 years old, but he's really like 25. <laughs> he's going to be there for as long as he wants to play. Anthony Davis is there. If you're the Lakers, you're just going to look to add some depth at the wing. I know Wesley Matthews and um, 
Kentavious Caldwell Pope have been getting a lot of heat on social media. I think Cameron Thomas would be an interesting fit because he'd be like this relentless gunner that has one role, which is to come off the bench and fill it up, get buckets. I think that, you know, he could have a similar role to what Booby Gibson had with the Cavs, where Booby Gibson wasn't necessarily a point guard, wasn't necessarily a two, but he was a good shooter and he fit perfectly next to LeBron and I think Cam Thomas could be that guy all right at number 25 I have the Denver Nuggets this is a guy that I mentioned earlier BJ Boston came into this season as a projected lottery pick struggled just like everyone else on the Kentucky team other than maybe Isaiah Jackson and but I, again I think the talent is there he goes to Denver he's, he's in a situation where they don't necessarily need him right away they can develop him even though they don't have a G League team to develop him, I think the talent is there. And Denver has not been afraid to take gambles on talented players. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., even though his issues were not necessarily he played bad, his issues were his back. Bo Bo is a guy that was someone that they, they took a risk on. But I think B.J. Boston would be a, a pretty good pick here. Don't know where he'll get a lot of minutes. He could probably have the same role as what R.J. Hampton had earlier in the season before they traded him. But I do believe in Denver's player development program. Denver's one of the teams that I like how they develop players. I'd say Portland. I'm a Blazers fan, so I'm a little biased, but I love what they've done with Gary Trent Jr., who I'm not a big fan of that trade. Ant Simons. Um, I mean, there's some other guys that I feel like Portland has done a good job. Uh, of developing I think Denver does a good job Toronto does a good job and also the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder so when I return I'll finish out the last five picks of my 2021 mock draft 1.0 if you've been paying attention we've been telling you about Built Bar which is the best tasting protein bar on the market for quite a while and if you haven't Built Bar, it's this amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now, we finally got to the point where we can tell you which Built Bar is the best. Built Bar Madness is finally over. It's wrapped up, and we have a champion. And the champion, or I guess champion, is coconut brownie chunk it won over cookie dough chunk and i had another bar i had mint brownie for the champion but overall i i can't be upset with the winner but go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on twitter and remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 15 percent off your next order that's locked on 20 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog, it's a unique and remarkably easy catalog to navigate quickly you can see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer and the best thing about rockauto.com is the prices are 
always reliably low. Whether you're a professional or you're a do-it-yourselfer, go to rockauto.com right now and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We have scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts like myself. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. At number 26, I have the Los Angeles Clippers selecting a hometown kid, even though he was probably a Lakers fan. But Josh Christopher, Christopher is a scorer. I mean, if you listen to a previous podcast I did on him, I think that he's one of the best natural scorers in this draft. I think he needs to improve on playing off the ball and becoming a better outside shooter. Only shot 30% from three in about four attempts per game. But I just love his offensive creativity and his ability to put the ball in the basket. Again, if he goes to the Clippers, not a lot of playing time there, but I think he could learn a lot from playing with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and, of course, Rondo if Rondo's back. I think it's a good situation for him from the learning aspect, but maybe not the best situation for him as far as like getting playing time. So, but if you're the Clippers, he's a guy that you can possibly develop and you know you can have some some youth on that squad. So I would go with Josh Christopher there. At number 27 is the Brooklyn Nets, another team that seems like they have about 23 guys on the roster. But Jared Butler would be my pick here. I think Butler, who is coming off a national championship with Baylor who would be a interesting choice if the Nets win a championship Butler averaged about 17 points a game 47% from the floor shot 41% from three averaged five assists per game he brings winning intangibles and I think you can play him in a lineup with Harden or you can play him in a lineup with Kyrie simply because he can space the floor but he's also a good ball mover and Baylor played like an NBA-style offense, so I think this would be a good fit here. At number 28, it is the Philadelphia 76ers. And I would go with Marcus Bagley. Now, Bagley wasn't a guy that I thought would be a first-round pick coming into the season, but I thought that he had a, a pretty strong freshman year, has good size, and he's an outside shooter. And if you're Philadelphia, one of the things that you're looking for at least now I feel like they're looking for outside shooters. I felt like the last front office prior to Daryl Morey being there, I don't know what they were doing. It seemed like they were trying to make a lineup of bully ball, but now it looks like they've decided to find some outside shooters and floor spacers to complement their guys. So I think Marcus Bagley would be a good fit here. At number 29, we're down to the last two. I have the Phoenix Suns selecting Roko Prakachin. Hopefully he gets more playing time. As a rookie, then their their pick from last year, uh, I questioned the pick of Jalen Smith last year in the lottery, and it just seems like he hasn't really been able to get the time. But Prokachin is a guy that I think he's like a hybrid 3-4, fairly good athlete. I think his swing skill is his ability to knock down open shots, um, high energy guy. I think that he should be able to carve out a nice NBA career. Maybe not a lot of minutes in Phoenix early because the Suns are – I mean, they've been impressive. Who would have thought the Phoenix Suns would be selecting at number 29 with their own pick? But Prokachin is a guy that I would take here. 
Last but not least, it's the Utah Jazz at number 30, and I have them selecting Chris Duarte from the University of Oregon. Now, I know a lot of people are going to hold his age against him because he's he's almost 24 years old, and, you know, the NBA draft is about upside and tomorrow as opposed to today, but I think Utah's in a win-now mode. He would bring them some depth at guard. I thought he had a very good senior season, averaged 17 points, shot 53% from the floor, 42% from three, pretty good rebounder, pretty good passer. Again, the only reason that he falls this low is because he'll be 24 on draft day. But overall, I think that he is one of these players that kind of like how I felt about Desmond Bang last year, he's going to fall to a playoff team and be able to come in and contribute right away. And I think for Utah, that's what he'll be able to do. He'll come in and provide some depth at guard, knock down open shots and be a steal for the Jazz at number 30. So I am finished with round one of my mock draft 1.0 for Locked On NBA Draft. This is Rafael Barlow signing out, and I am out.